Stand together and let's worship Jesus this morning.
good this morning. So as we continue to worship, let's just lift up the name of Jesus. He's the name above all names. He's Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And the thing is, he's over everything. And that's not just then, it's always. And so let's just proclaim that truth this morning. Let's just lift that name up. And let's just give him everything we got. Amen.
So I want us to sing that again. Because I believe that God wants to do something brand new in each and every single one of us. You know, I think the reality is and we can kind of maybe go through life and kind of maybe see something not changing or kind of just look at every day as just, you know, it's just the same day in and day out. Or we can even kind of treat it like the seasons do and the reality is we're coming to the end of school. So we feel like we're just coming to the end of something. But I actually believe the contrary. I believe that God wants to do something completely brand new. And I don't believe that's going to happen tomorrow or in the days to come. I believe that that can happen right now in this moment in his presence. As we pray to him, as we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and to, to do that work in us. Because we have to be open to it and we have to, to really give God permission. Because he's a loving God, but he's also a kind God. And he's not going to invade something unless we give him the space to come and move. Unless we give him the space to come and breathe upon it. And so... Let's just sing that out. God, make me your vessel. Make me an offering. And, and let's just truly open our hearts and let's just truly, with all sincerity, let's just truly pray that to God and invite him to come and move in that way. And I'm telling you, he will. And it will be something so great. It will be something so amazing. And so as we are in his presence, let's just sing that out and let's just declare that. And let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come and birth something new in every single one of us. Make me a vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. God, I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Bring new wine out of me. So make me a vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. God, I came here with nothing, but all you have given me. Bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. So, God, our hearts are open to you, our eyes are open to you. God, we just pray that you will come and you'll have your way. You'll move in and through our lives, God, and we pray that you would birth something brand new, God. Whether that's a new revelation of who you are or bring us into a new season, Father God, or just truly just equip us, Father, to just go deeper in our relationship with you and in loving others and in serving others, God. God, for we have a community that desperately needs us to rise up and be your hands and your feet, God, and bring your message to them, Lord. So I pray that you will do that with through in and through us, God. God, we just pray that you'll be with Pastor Buddy as he delivers this message, God. And I just pray, Lord, that it will unearth things. But, God, that it will also encourage us and empower us, Father God, to live victorious in your presence and through your Holy Spirit, God. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Before you sit down, find three people, give them a high five and say, how are you doing this morning? So is everyone dry out there? No one soaking wet? Everyone good? Well, good morning. We're so glad that you guys are here this morning worshiping with us. If you are a guest with us, welcome to Sandler Fields Community Church. We could not be happier uh, that you are here. And we really just want you, uh, hopefully you got a program when you came in, and there's a connection card within that. If you could just fill that out really quick. There's going to be some buckets that come by during this next song. Just drop it in there uh, and then be done with that. But also if you could go and visit a the table out there that says first time guest, we have a gift for you. And we really just want to meet you, get to know you and answer any questions that you might have. So I want to encourage you to go do that at the end of the service. And so we're going to be taking our tithes and offerings during this next song. Uh, this is just another way that we get to worship God here at Southfields Community Church. And it's a, an amazing way that we do, you know, every single thing. I, I love the last song. It says, I came here with nothing. When we entered this world, we had absolutely nothing, but God has continued to provide for each and every single one of us. And so by giving back to him the first fruits of what he's given us, it's a way to honor him and say, God, you are Lord over all. You've given me everything. I just want to honor you with that. And so uh, there are many ways that you can give. If you're a guest with us, please do not feel obligated to give. Uh, but if you'd like to, there are many ways that you can. You can give through cash or check as the buckets come by. Go out to one of the giving kiosks and give debit or credit out there. Uh, online, just click that little green button in the top right-hand corner. Or as always, you can give through the Salem Fields Community Church app. And if you have not downloaded it, what are you waiting for? It is amazing. There are so many awesome tools uh, within it. And so I really want to encourage you to do that. And also, if you want to pull out your cell phones, check into Facebook, uh, take an Instagram photo, tweet, whatever you want to do, whatever social media platform you are on, uh, just get the word out that you are worshiping at Salem Fields Community Church this morning with the hope that maybe somebody will see that that needs the encouragement and love of Jesus, and they'll want to join you next Sunday. So if you could do that for us, that would be awesome. And so I have quite a few announcements, but I'm going to get through them as quickly as I possibly can. Uh, so next Friday, our uh, Divorce Care small group will start. Uh, this is a group that is completely designed to help uh, you walk through that if you are going through it. And so uh, Stephanie French teaches that, and it's going to be a really amazing group uh, to really help you navigate that. And so I want to encourage you, uh, be a part of that if you're experiencing divorce. And you can go visit me out at the small groups table, and I can tell you more details about that and get you signed up. Uh, or you can fill that out on your connection card. Or if, you know what, you're still on the fence of whether you're going to be able to, just go ahead and come next Friday at 7 p.m. And it's going to be every other Friday after that. And so I just want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, also next Friday is our men's night out event. Uh, this is our annual cornhole tournament and cookout. It is a blast. Cost is $5, but it is free for you and a guest if you bring a guest. Uh, so really want to encourage all you men, come out, have a great time. It is a, a lot of fun. Uh, we're also in need of some cornhole boards. So if you have some that you wouldn't, be, uh, that you wouldn't mind donating for the night, just fill that out on your connection card or email men at SalemFields.com. Also, we have some stuff coming up for children and students. Our first through fifth grade students are going to have their kids camp. That's coming up July 9th through the 13th. Uh, get signed up for that right now, and so that way they can start to gather all of the information and start to get a count with that. And so you can sign up for that. 
by going and visiting the children's tables that are out there, or you can email children at SalemFields.com. And also we have an opportunity for middle schoolers uh, that's coming up. This is the Ignite uh, Missions Day Camp. It's going to take place July 9th through the 13th. This is an amazing opportunity for middle schoolers uh, to really, they're going to take day trips and just be able to serve different communities. And so uh, it is really an amazing way for them to spend a week. And so I want to encourage you to do that. The cost is $219, but that covers food, travel, T-shirts, and everything else that they're going to do. So if you're interested in that, just email students at SalemFields.com. Uh, next weekend, we will have our graduation weekend. And so we just want to honor all of you graduates. It's going to take place during the 11 a.m. service. And we really just want to celebrate with you. And so definitely want to encourage you to come and be a part of that. And then the week after that is Father's Day. And so we're going to honor our fathers. And so dads, bring your kids. Kids, bring your dads. And we're going to have an amazing time honoring all of you fathers out there. And so lastly, we have a missions opportunity that's coming up this Friday. We have the opportunity to go and serve the children at Smith Station Elementary School. They're having a water day. And so this is a really fun time to be able to come and serve. As really, you're just going to be soaking kids with water all day. How much fun is that? And so uh, you can either, it's a whole day event, but you can come blocks of time, whatever works with your schedule. So if you want to be a part of that, email missions at SalemFields.com, and Pastor Kelly will get you all set up with the time. And so uh, Pastor Buddy has a great message for us this morning called Stuck Between a Rock and a Hard Place. We hope it blesses you. Uh, as those buckets come by during this next song, why don't you stand with us as we continue to worship.
Well, good morning. How many of you uh, have ever heard this story? He, yes, he was truly stuck between a rock and a hard place, literally stuck, and he had a tough, tough decision to make, and that decision was either to lay there in the canyon and die or remove his own arm, and we know the story is he chose to uh, remove his own arm, and uh, it's a great story, painful story, but Many of us at times in our life have been stuck between a rock and a hard spot, a hard place. Uh, uh, being stuck between a rock and a hard place has been described as the difficulty faced when a choice, uh, with a choice between two unsatisfactory options. And his options, both of those options were, seemed to be unsatisfactory. The Urban Dictionary defines it as you're darned if you do, and you're darned if you don't. Now, they used another word, uh, but I thought that y'all uh, might not be ready for that word, but anyway, and I wasn't ready to say it. 
Uh, but you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't. One person defined uh, between a rock and a hard place as uh, uh, being a lawyer who specializes in suing doctors for malpractice, finding himself in need of a major surgery. That's definitely between a rock and a hard place. The phrase uh, stuck between a, a, a rock and a hard place originated in the United States in the early 1900s. Now, this phrase was used during an economic crisis uh, when mining wor uh, workers in the mine were faced uh, with low wages working at the rock face. On one hand, and unemployment and poverty, on the other hand, if they refused to work. Have you ever found yourself stuck between a rock and a hard place? Now, some examples of that might be that you hate your job. A lot of people do hate their job, but you can't quit because you need the money to pay your bills. Your mom is dying, and the doctors say it's time to take her off life support, but if you do, she may in fact die, and you can't imagine life without her. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. You need a loan to pay off your debt, but you will go further in debt if you get a loan, but if you don't, you will not be able to pay off the debts you already owe. You've been offered your dream job, but the catch is that you'll have to work weekends, which means that you won't be able to be in church with your family. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. If you don't have sex with him, he might break up with you and there I'll be all alone again. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. My marriage is falling apart, so do I keep my marriage vows or do I call it quits to end the pain? I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. You don't know what to do, don't know what to say, and you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Will you compromise your values? Your company requires you to compromise some values that you have. If you don't, you may lose your livelihood. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. The doctor says you need surgery that could help you live a normal life, but there is the, there is the possibility that along with that surgery, it could cause other serious complications. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Maybe you're struggling with your sexual identity and you uh, you want to talk to someone, but if you do, you're afraid they may shun you. Either way you choose to go, it will be difficult. Here's what I know about life, that you're either in a hard place today, or you're just coming out of a hard place, or you're headed in to a hard place. That's life. And when we're caught between a rock and a hard place, it's a time in our life where we feel trapped, where we feel stuck, where we feel that we're just tired, sick and tired of being where we are in life. We don't know what to do or we don't know how to legitimately do what we feel like we need to do. The Bible has many examples of people being stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like the Israelites with Pharaoh behind them and the Red Sea in front of them. They could either trust God and drown in the Red Sea or they could turn around and be killed or finish their life uh, working as a slave. Or like Daniel, either pray to the king and not to his God or to be thrown into the lion's den. Or the three Hebrew boys either bow down to the king's image 
or be thrown into the fiery furnace. In each case, biblical case, death seems certain either way. Being caught between a rock and a hard place is a lose-lose deal. It's a lose-lose deal. I lose either way. If it were a clear win-lose deal, we would know how to choose uh, when both options are bad. If it was a, 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 when there was a, no clear choice, we would be able to choose. If it was a win-lose, we would choose uh, normally the win deal. But what do you do when there are no clear choices between what to do? What option do we choose when both options are bad? When both options have, we have a lose-lose. Now to me, it's like these two hunters from Kieseltown who uh, were out bear hunting one day and they ran into a big bear and uh, they both dropped their rifles and ran for cover. One of the hunters went up a tree and uh, the other hid in a nearby cave. And the bear sat between them and it seemed like the bear was in no hurry to eat. So he sat down between the tree and the cave to reflect upon his good fortune because he had a he had a meal up the tree and he had a meal in the cave. Suddenly, and for no apparent reason, the hunter in the cave came running out, almost ran into the waiting bear. He stopped there for a moment and hesitated and then he ran back in the cave again. The same thing happened the second time and when he came out the third time, the guy up in the tree frantically called out, Woody, are you crazy? Stay in the cave until the bear leaves. Woody screams back, I can't. There's a bear in the cave. <laughs> now that's what I call being stuck between a, a rock and a hard place. You know, just like the hunter, uh, what do you do when you have a tough decision to make in life. You got a, a bear on this side and you got a, a bear on this side. And I always think when I'm in those tough situations that it would be great if God would take out his big pen and he would write in the clouds a decision that would, we could make that would be best for us. And you know what we do a lot of times when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place is we procrastinate as long as we can uh, so that we don't have to make that decision. But the longer we wait, I found the longer we wait, the more stuck we become. Eventually, the time has to come when you make a decision. And when we make those decisions when there's not a win-win or a win-lose, when we make decisions that are tough, uh, there are consequences. And the consequences for either choice. And those consequences are not always favorable. And those consequences can last for years, maybe even a lifetime. So this morning I thought uh, that I would just talk to you a little bit about what we do, how do we make a decision when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Now there's notes in your program and there's notes on your app that everyone has downloaded by now. We've been talking about it for eight weeks, so I'm sure everybody here and online has downloaded their app. I talked to a guy that was here from New York last night, and he said, buddy, I was the second person to download the new app. And he said, I love it. He said, every week I watch the message on my brand new app. There's loads of information on there, so don't just sit there today. If you haven't downloaded it, I'll wait for you to do it, okay? 
And I'm not going to go on until every, <laughs> but anyway. So how do, we, what, how do we make a decision when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place? Well, you know, everyone would agree with this. If you're a believer in Christ, the first thing we do is we should pray. And when we pray, we should ask God to give us wisdom so that when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place, that we will make a wise decision. The Bible says if, anyone of, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. That's where wisdom comes from. Wisdom comes from God. Knowledge comes from the world. Wisdom comes from God. And it says he gives generously to all without finding fault. Now, you know, sometimes when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place, it's because of something we did. Some bonehead decision or some sin or something that we uh, did. Sometimes not, but... And, but God doesn't say, well, I'm not going to give you any wisdom today because you were a bonehead. He says he gives it without finding fault, without saying, well, I can't give you wisdom because you messed up. But it says that if we ask God, he will give wisdom to us generously, to all without finding fault. And it says it will be given to you. So anytime we're stuck between a rock and a hard place, where we have a tough decision to make, we should pray and ask God for wisdom. We should pray and ask God, God, what should I do in this situation? I need your wisdom. Now, the wisdom that comes from the world only brings temporary peace. And it's followed by even more frustration. The peace that comes from the world, or, or the wisdom that comes from the world, the knowledge that comes from the world, brings only temporary peace. And it's followed by more frustration. Now, the wisdom from God brings peace and life when it gets tough. You see, we, we pray in faith believing that God will give us wisdom. We pray in faith believing that God will give us wisdom to make the best choice. He responds and he gives us what we need. Now, the Bible gives examples of those who prayed when they were stuck between a rock and a hard place and those who didn't. Look, at, look what happened when Daniel prayed in the lion's den. The lions didn't eat him. Daniel prayed long before he got to the lion's den. The three Hebrew boys prayed, and in the fiery furnace, the fire did not burn them. Joshua at the wall of Jericho, the walls fell down right before them. Moses at the Red Sea, the sea opens up, and they walk through on dry ground. Now, look what happens when People in the Bible didn't pray. David was a peeping Tom. In other words, Bathsheba was over on the, on the balcony and she was uh, taking uh, Thursday, she was having bath day. I put the Thursday in there, but Thursday was bath day. And David was being a peeping Tom. And he had the blinds open and he was watching her bathe. And he called for her. He didn't pray and say, God, what should I do? I'm, I'm, I'm between a rock and a hard place here. You know, my lust is burning me to death, but yet I know I shouldn't do that. He called for her and he committed adultery and murder. Samson, we know the story of Samson, he laid his head on the wrong lap. God says, as long as you don't cut your hair, then you will have power and you will have uh, strength. But Samson, instead of praying when he was in a, between a rock and a hard place in a relationship with someone he shouldn't be in a relationship, he laid his head on the wrong lap and he lost his power and strength. Jonah decided to run from his call to God. God said, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach the good news. 
And, and Jonah decided he would not follow the call of God in his life, and he went in the wrong direction. And the Bible says he was swallowed by a well. Now, I've had people in my life, uh, uh, Bible uh, teachers uh, and others say to me, well, you know that the story of, of Jonah and the well is just a, um, an example of what happens when we don't follow God. Well, first of all, I don't believe it's, I believe it actually happened. Because I believe if I can't believe that, I can't believe anything else in the Bible. And so, but I, you know, that may not literally happen, but I got to tell you, if I have seen young men that have been, and young people that have been called to the ministry, and they have run, and they went in the opposite direction, and I'm telling you, they might as well be in the belly of the whale because their life is miserable. I saw a guy on Facebook yesterday that I knew, I was his youth pastor when he was 17 years old, and he had a clear call for ministry of anybody in my whole life that I've ever pastored. I knew he had a call to ministry, and he would not give up his life that he had in the world to do what God wanted him to do, and here he is today, and his life is still miserable. He's in the belly of the whale. And that's what happens when we don't pray and obey God. So when you're caught between a Rock in a hard place, pray. The next thing is see what the Bible says. See what the Bible says, not what the world says, not what the self-help books say, not what Facebook says, and all those little articles that we can read, read there. It says the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. In other words, we can, when we make that decision from, we, when we go to the Bible and we, and we base our decision on the Word of God, they're, they're right and it gives us joy and it brings light to our eyes. And when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place and when we have a tough decision to make on which way to go, it's important to go to the Bible. Pray and then go to the Bible. And search out the scriptures. You got a leak back there? Huh? Well, in Kieseltown, we would move. <laughs> and I know you're a cowboy fan, and it's hard for you to make a decision. <laughs> I love you. I know you're stuck between, that's right, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place back there. You're going to kill me, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. How do I get out of this? Oh, Lord, please help me. Anyway, we find a scripture that helps us in that situation. We go to the Bible, and I guarantee you, if you read the Bible and you study the scripture, you will find a situation in the Bible that will be the same type of situation that you were in, and it will speak to us in those tough decisions that we need to make. There. I believe there will be a story in the Bible that will give you an example of what it is to be stuck in, between a rock and a hard place and you'll be able to make, uh, help you make the right decision. But sometimes after we search the scripture and pray, we got to be still and wait on God. We got to be still and wait on God. Somebody told me the other day, they said, I, they, they never hear from God. And I said, will you ever sit still and wait for him to talk to you? I mean, most of the times what we do is pray and read the Bible, get up and go to work. And we never allow time for God to speak to us. And we say, well, why did God speak to us? It's just like any other relationship. You know, if I, if I you know, we just say good morning and head off to work and that's the way it'll be. We'll never hear from the other person. 
The Bible says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Wait patiently. And it takes patience to wait on God. That's how he builds patience in us. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways. Have you ever looked at other people's lives and you say, man, everything seems to go good for them. It says, do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. Sometimes when we're pressed to make a tough decision, you know what we do? We panic. And we think we've got to make that decision today. But we need to learn to be still and wait on God. I mean, if we pray and we ask God for wisdom and we search the scripture to find some wisdom and yet we don't wait on God to come through it for us and help us in that decision, we make a, a, we make a mess out of our life when we make quick decisions instead of waiting on God. You know, I've found in my life that God is seldom early, but he's never, never late. He's seldom early. He never comes when I want him to come. He never speaks to me when I want him to speak. He never shows up, but he is never uh, late. Being still and wait on God, that means that, that we will go through tough times, and when we're going through those tough times, it seems like nothing is happening. I mean, God, come on, what's going on here? And that can be frustrating, and what we do is we say, ah, forget God, and forget this stuff, I did nothing to all this, God doesn't care about me, and we walk away from our relationship. But yet, in the spirit, the Lord is moving on our behalf. You know, I had a good friend of mine, uh, a mentor of mine, uh, Charles Thompson, who used to say, when we think God isn't moving, he is. When we think God isn't doing anything, he is. When we're forced to wait on God, it's a great time to practice being still. I mean, we need to practice being still, which, which means we need to practice being quiet. I, I'm not just talking about verbally being quiet. I'm talking about learning to quiet our minds. I mean, my mind races 100 miles an hour, but I've had to learn how to quiet my mind, and I, I still don't have it perfected entirely but I can't hear the voice of God if, I'm, if my mind is just filled with all kinds of anxiety and all kinds of other stuff. So I need to learn to be quiet. And during those quiet times, you say, well, what do I do? Reflect on the goodness of God. Think about how God has come through in the past in your life. And know that if God would come through in the past, he'll come through again today because God is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. God does not change. He's not pickled. And so we reflect on the goodness of God. And I also think it's a good time to, when we're quiet, it's a good time to practice giving thanks. God, not only do I remember the things that you've done for me in the past, but God, I never gave you thanks for the things you've done for me in the past. And so being quiet is a good time to bring thanks to God for what he's already done. <clears throat> when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, Seek counsel from godly people. The Bible says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, you know, Job, you know the story of Job, because that always comes up when there's difficult times in life. Well, Job's friends came around, and they all had an opinion of what he should do. And even his wife said, you need to curse God and die. Everybody has an opinion on what is the best decision for you. I mean, and, and I, do, I just believe that we go to the wrong people when we're going through difficult times. 
And I, I believe it's really, really important in a world where there are so many voices. There's so many voices out there. There's the voice of Facebook. There's the voice of Instagram. There's the voice of the internet. There's the, there's the voice of the media. There's the voice of television. There's the voice of self-help books. There's the voice of every person you run into these days have an opinion. And I've learned that opinions are like noses. Everybody has one. And we need to find somebody that we know that we can trust that's a godly voice in our life that will give us godly wisdom, will give us godly direction. You might ask, well, how do I know who that person is? Well, I believe this. When you're around a person long enough, you'll know uh, soon enough whether they're godly enough. Because I think the Spirit of God which lives in you will connect with the Spirit of God which lives in them and we'll recognize that person not because they give us their opinion, not because they give us their personal opinion or their advice, not because they're loaded with knowledge and they can do what, answer any question you may have, but I think you have to know that that Spirit connects with your Spirit and that when they're giving you their words of wisdom, they're giving you biblical words of wisdom. They're talking to you about the Bible. They're sharing scripture with you. And your spirit begins to connect with their spirit. And we need more, we need to be on the lookout for more godly wisdom and counsel than just hearing all these voices that are out there. Another thing we do need to do when we're making a tough decision is to have faith and trust in God. Trust in God. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. You see, when we, when we lean onto our own understanding, then we'll do everything the way we've always done it and, and we, we'll, we'll continue to make the same decisions and the same mistakes over and over again and, and when we're trusting in our own understanding. But the Bible says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. In all of your ways, submit to him. In all of your ways, bow down to God. In all of your ways, surrender to him. I think the biggest problem we have in the church today is that we're not submitting to God. We're not surrendering to God and his will for our lives. That we're just, we're just doing things on our own and our own understanding. And the Bible says, in all of your ways, submit to him and then... And then he will make your path straight. You see, you have to submit to God. You have to surrender to God. We want God to speak to us. We want God to lead us. But we don't want to do it on God's terms. And God's terms says, submit. Bow down. Surrender. And he will make your path straight. What we do a lot of times is when we got a tough decision to make, we make a list of pros and cons. I'm not against a list of pros and cons, but many times that's what we do as believers. We make a list. Well, if I do it, 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 it and I did it, 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 that's maybe okay. And, and then we try to weigh out every option in our minds, and we go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and we can talk and think our situation to death. However, we have to put our faith into action. If we say we trust God, then we have to put our faith in action if we're a believer. We have to come to a point of trusting and believing that God will lead us in the right direction. When we put all of our trust in him, he will make our path straight. In other words, he will lead us. 
And that'll be on the straight path. His faithfulness will come th through for us as we go forward in, uh, forward in faith in spite of the, acts, the odds stacked against us. We also need to admit our weaknesses. The Bible says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. In other words, God understands. Jesus Christ understands our weakness. The Bible says we have one who has been tempted in every way. In other words, that tells me that Jesus has been between a rock and a hard place. And he understands what, it's be, what it is to be tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. You see, in our spiritual journey, folks, we have to come to a place of putting our complete and wholehearted dependency on God. We're half-hearted. Many times as believers, we're half-hearted. I mean, we, we want all that God has for us when God has for us what we want God to have for us. But what we have to learn to do, all of us, is learn to put our wholehearted dependency on God and trusting that he knows what's best for my life and it's not me. He created me. He knows me best. And if we open our hearts and minds, which sometimes it's hard to do, it's hard for us to admit our weaknesses. It's hard sometimes to open our hearts and minds. But if we will learn to do that, the tough during the tough decisions, he will help us see both the good and the bad about ourselves. You know, many of us don't want to see the bad. But when we open our hearts to all that God has for us because he loves us so much, he will show us the good and the bad about us. And we can't make excuses when God points out the sin and the bad in our life. We must immediately confess them and seek the Lord's forgiveness and ask for his cleansing for our unholy motives. There's no, deal, there's no shortcut when it comes to dealing with sin. We have to get sin out of our life so the sin doesn't cloud our choices. Finally, we must be open to God's will. Again, the Bible says, submit yourselves. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You see, when we're in the process of making a tough decision and we're stuck between a rock and a hard place, the, the Lord may show us something that's out of the norm for us. I mean, he may show us something that God wants us to do in this decision that's going to completely take us out of our comfort zone. It's not who we are. It's not how we deal with things. And, and, and God may want to take us out of the way we normally deal with things because the way we normally deal with things puts us between a rock and a hard spot. And we blame God then. But we do the same old thing, uh, the same old way, expecting something new to happen. And, and maybe God wants us to submit to his will in our lives, for our lives, so that he can show us something out of the norm. And if yet, if we really want to walk by faith, we have to keep our minds open. That God may have other possibilities for our life. God is above our thoughts. His ways are beyond my plans. He can move mountains. You believe that? God can move mountains. It doesn't seem sometimes in my life that God can move mountains, but, but God can move mountains when I open my mind 
to other possibilities. You see, when I open my mind and when we open our mind to his ways and his plans, he can move mountains of difficult choices and make a way for us. Every time we submit to his will, every time that we submit to his will, we've opened our lives for the opportunity for God to do a miracle. You know, you might be in a place today that's very, very difficult. But I believe that if we'll do it God's way and we'll submit to him fully and surrender our lives to him, we've now opened our lives for the opportunity for God to do something incredible, miraculous in our life. So after you've prayed, after you discover what the Bible says about your situation, you waited and you've been still before the Lord and you received counsel if needed from a godly person, you're trusting God, admitting your witnesses, and you submitted yourself fully to God and his will then it's time to choose. It's time to choose. You see, we need to remember, if we're believers, you know, something just came in my head, maybe I need to say this. You know, I, you know, people say to me, they'll say, well, buddy, what if I make the wrong decision? And I, and I didn't get, get it right with God. I got to promise you, if you do it God's way, and yet you make a decision that, that maybe wasn't the right decision, I believe there's grace. I believe that God's grace is sufficient for us in those times when we wonder. I think it's the journey that God wants us to go on. I think it's the journey that God wants us to put him first in our life. And we put him first in our life. We're praying. We're searching the scriptures. We're searching the scriptures. We're, we're being still. We're trusting God and we're admitting our weaknesses. And when we're doing those things, if somehow it doesn't turn out the way that we think it would turn out, God is still there. And God still loves us. You see, when we need to remember if we're believers when making a tough decision, if you're a believer today and you have a tough decision to make, our responsibility is to always is to always choose God's way. If we don't choose God's way, then we're on our own. You know, there, there's, there's God's way and then there's our way, the world's way, or other people's way. And when we're in a tough place, no matter the consequences, we have to learn to do it God's way. It's our responsibility as believers. And I believe when we learn to make God a part of every decision to go God's way in the easy decisions and the tough ones, then it becomes second nature to us to look to him when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. In closing, I just want to say one final thing. Maybe at this moment, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And I believe if you allow God to help you make that decision and do whatever he says do, the consequences you face from your decision, they won't last forever. And that God will be with you and he'll walk with you through the consequences of the decision that you make. God will take you through it. He'll take us through it. And it won't last forever. Here's what I know. And I don't know a whole lot. But I do know this, I have failed God so many times in my life. I've failed God over and over and over again, but I want to tell you something, God has never, ever failed me. Never has God ever failed me. And he will never fail you. Because God is a faithful God. He won't fail us. If you're struggling today on which way to go, I just encourage you to follow God's way, no matter what 
that situation, no matter where God leads you through that situation. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful today for your love and your grace. We thank you today, Father, that you promised to always be with us, to never leave us nor forsake us. God, you promised in your word to be our helper in time of need. And God, I just suppose that maybe today, because God, I believe you led me to speak this word today, that God, there may be those that are online or those out in the, in the cafe or those in this room today who are facing a tough decision in their life. And it feels like, Lord, that either way they go is a lose-lose. Father, I just pray today that your Holy Spirit would settle in among us. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, if you'd say, buddy, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place today. Would you just slip up your hand, anybody like that today? Just say, yeah, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yep, there's several of you that are stuck between a rock and a hard place. What I want to do, what I'd like to do, is I'd like to just to invite you today. Can we stand? Because we're going to worship together. If we could just all stand. If you are stuck between a rock and a hard place, I, I just want to invite you during this song to just come up front and worship. Just come up front and worship this song. It doesn't mean you have to sing out loud, but just bow your heart in worship and submit your life and that situation to God. And at, at the end of the song, I'd just like to pray for all of us that are stuck between a rock and a hard place. But I just think it'd be kind of neat for us just to gather around the altar today and worship and lift up the name of Jesus. I don't know if you'll do that, but it's just what's on my heart today is that we do that. Father, I just pray that you would have control of this remainder of our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.
here today in a real way, a wonderful way. I kind of hate to leave, you know, but I know we got to leave. Father, we thank you, Lord, for those who boldly stepped out today, Lord, to put their confidence and their trust in you today, Lord, to know that, God, if they pray and they seek you, that, God, you will give them the wisdom they need, Lord. And I just pray for each one today, God, whether they are standing in the front whether they're still sitting in their chair, 
God, I just pray that we will learn as a community, as a church, Lord, to submit ourselves fully to you wholeheartedly, not holding back or reserving a part of it, Lord, but giving, it, giving ourselves totally to you, Lord. And trusting, dear God, that when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place, we have a tough decision to make, Lord. God, that you understand, that you can empathize with us. And God, I just pray today that you would wrap your loving arms of love and care around each one today. I thank you, dear God, that you're going to do something special in the lives of those today who had the courage to step out and submit their lives to this congregation today, that they're stuck. And God, I pray that you will help them to get unstuck. And Lord, we give you praise, Lord. I know you're going to help us. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's just kind of sing again as we sing our way out. I love that song. That's a great, great song. If you want to stay and worship a little longer, that'd be cool too. I've seen you move.